Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, founders, and thank you for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Costa, CEO and founder of NetData, an infrastructure monitoring platform that's raised over $30 million in funding. Costa, thanks for chatting with me today. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm super excited for this conversation. Let's go ahead and start with telling our audience a little bit more about where you're calling from and, and where you come from. So NetData was born, you know, out of uh, frustration. I was a C-level executive in a fintech company, actually, here in Greece. And we were migrating some infrastructure from on-prem to the cloud, and we, we were facing significant issues. So after testing almost everything, I spent well, a couple of million in, uh, in monitoring just to figure out what is happening and what is wrong. I realized that monitoring systems have something is wrong there. So I decided to, initially it was curiosity, why the guys have done it like this, why there is so big time, so so such a big learning curve, such a big setup and preparation that you have to do. Why it's not real time? Why you have to know every metric and go through, you know, all the burden to understand exactly what's happening in very detail. So initially it was out of curiosity to understand why monitoring systems work like this. But then I started experimenting, writing code and, uh, you know, working nights and weekends and the likes. After a few months, I managed to solve the problems that we were facing. Actually, they're, they're, these were very nasty bugs at the cloud provider infrastructure, and we managed to find them. But anyway, the data uh, was born this way. After working with it uh, for several months, I decided to release it on GitHub. And you know what? Nothing happened. Eh? You have spent a lot of time working on a project. It solves your problems. You release it and nothing. So one morning I write a post on Reddit and say, okay, guys, uh, I, I build this tool, check it on GitHub if you like it. And uh, boom, it went viral. At the top of Hacker News, hundreds of people, thousands of installations. You know, uh, it was crazy, uh, amazing. I have never, it's something unique, I think, that for people to live this love of uh, this acceptance, this adoption. So after that point, my life changed completely. What do you think you got right to get that type of early traction? Did you just have a deep understanding of the problem and you could empathize to really understand the problem? Or how did you get such a extreme level of success so early on? The problem with monitoring is that you really have to spend a tremendous amount of time and you need serious skills to understand, to set up a monitoring system and start using it. Initially, that was the biggest concern I had. To my understanding, you know, all of the companies across the world have to go through the same process. It's exactly the same process. In most of the cases, we all use packaged applications. We use a database server or multiple database servers, web servers. We have some custom applications, but most of the infrastructure is packaged applications. But then if you think a bit about it, why people across all the companies have to go through the same process again 
in order to monitor their standardized infrastructure. That was the initial thing. So initially, my thought was not to build a monitoring solution. I was looking for a solution to kill the console. So I didn't want my engineers and my team, you know, to spend time on the console tools and the likes. Also, because it was a fintech company, I had several issues with a direct access to the system. So this has had to be documented, authorized, etc., etc. So my initial idea was, okay, let's build something that will provide everything the console provides, everything you can find by SSH into a server. So all the metrics, independently of whether they are useful or not, or whether we know about them or not, so add everything there and do it in the same granularity and the same detail as the console provides, or per second, as a standard for everything. Now, once you build that thing, and you know this, this starts up and starts collecting stuff by itself, you don't do anything, eh? It finds a database server, it connects to it, starts connecting stuff from the database. It finds these containers, network interfaces, whatever it is there. So once you have an application that starts collecting stuff by itself, and now you have everything, then you have more problems later. Okay, how do I visualize all, all this? Oh, I need something to visualize them automatically. Why to go through you know, the process of creating every chart and every metric and every alarm by hand. Let the application know all the metrics, all the dashboards, all the alarms that need to be to be used here and let it automatically start them up. So that was the idea. Kill the console, optimize the time required from people in order to troubleshoot. And in this journey, you know, you find all the loose ends here and there and you try to solve them. So this is, I think that this is why people loved Nedata, because the moment you install it, you have a comprehensive monitoring solution. You did nothing actually to get it. You just installed an application. And the beauty of it is that in many cases, it is better than what you can build by hand. Today, we have many Fortune 500 companies that they stop, they, they shut down the monitoring systems that they have developed themselves using, of course, open source tools or proprietary tools or whatever, in order to use Nedata. Why? Because they find that the completeness of Nedata is such that they can never do it by themselves. Eh? They don't have the skills, the time, the effort. They don't want to put the effort there in order to achieve the same level of completeness. So for users, on this is open source software, eh? so for users, this was initially shocking. Eh? I was receiving emails from people saying, hey, I am here, I want to work with you, this is amazing what you have built. So it was unlike any other monitor initially eh, in 2016, it was unlike anything else you have seen as a monitoring system. Real time, comprehensive, a lot of metrics, thousands of data collections, very fast, etc. Can you give us an idea of the type of adoption and growth that you're seeing right now? Yes, of course. So today, Nedata has about uh, 66,000 stars in GitHub. It is leading the observability category in the CNCF landscape. We surpassed Elastic, so we are the first observability platform at the CNCF landscape in terms of stars, of course. This is user acceptance. Eh? Then we have about five to 10,000 new users every day signing up to the project. 
about uh, a quarter of a million Docker Hub downloads every day. And even on the SaaS offering that we have, so the SaaS offering is a complementary service, let's say, to the open source. On that thing, on the SaaS offering, we have about 150 to 200 business signups every day. And we monitor the SaaS offering currently monitors 100,000 nodes, about 2,000 new nodes are added every day. So big numbers, eh? big project. What do you attribute to that success? What have you gotten right from a marketing and, and growth perspective? I think the simplicity of the design is the first thing. The second is that monitoring is hard and we're trying to simplify it. So we're trying to figure out ways to make it uh, work by itself. So if you think a bit about it, it's like putting the knowledge of monitoring into the tool. Let's take, for example, if you take the most popular today, monitoring open source monitoring solution is Prometheus and Grafana. But if you install Prometheus and Grafana, you have to go through a very steep learning curve. You have to learn really a lot of stuff and you have to install a lot of stuff. And in order for to have a proper monitoring solution, you need skills. And you know, the thing that I call the um, DevOps utopia. So if you go to the analysts, uh, et cetera, the analyst sites, et cetera, you, they will tell you that a DevOps is a person that has amazing development skills, amazing infrastructure understanding skills, and amazing data analytics skills, eh, data analysis. Well, these guys do not exist. You cannot find someone that is an amazing developer, a super duper sysadmin, and at the same time, a data analyst. So this is a utopia. This is, this is something that cannot happen. And the moment we tried to put the knowledge into the tool, then things became a lot more simpler for people. Suddenly, you can use a monitoring solution that is as comprehensive, as complete, as real-time, as, for example, the monitoring systems of Facebook and Netflix, etc., and you can have it on your computers. You can have it on your servers. It's there. It's free. It works by itself. It has the knowledge. It knows what the metrics mean and what they do and how they should be correlated. So this gives you the freedom to work on the actual problem that you have, uh, setting up the infrastructure or improving the performance or uh, doing the actual work of your job instead of babysitting the monitoring system. So I think that this made the data, people love it. I think that this is the main reason. Uh, people love it mainly because it's so easy, it's so complete, it's so out of the box, and it gives them very good solutions, even to troubleshoot stuff that they never knew exist. This show is brought to you by Frontlines Media, a podcast production studio that helps B2B founders launch, manage, and grow their own podcast. Now, if you're a founder, you may be thinking, I don't have time to host a podcast. I've got a company to build. Well, that's exactly what we built our service to do. You show up and host, and we handle literally everything else. To set up a call to discuss launching your own podcast, visit frontlines.io slash podcast. Now, back to today's episode. What about your market category? Is it observability? Is it infrastructure monitoring? How do you think about market category? Observability is a very broad idea. So it has from infrastructure monitoring, of course, it has APM, the applications performance monitoring. So if you are building your own application to monitor it and improve it, and it has other stuff. Network monitoring is also there. Traces is also there about the microservice environments, et cetera. 
we focus mainly on the infrastructure monitoring. So logs and metrics about infrastructure. We don't do traces yet, but I think all of them are behind the scenes are interconnected. As a startup, we had to start from something, do it well, and then proceed and innovate as, as time passes eh? and as revenue comes in and we have more funds, et cetera, et cetera, and we can address a broader market. So, of course, observability is a market that is congested. It is, uh, you know, everyone has, uh, even the companies develop their own observability platforms. I think that we stand out mainly due to the out-of-the-box functionality, the very soft, let's say, learning curve, and the completeness that we provide that it's extremely hard to achieve even if you spend a, a ton of time to try to do it yourself. So all this combined make Nedata an amazing solution for the guys that, you know, the, the companies that they don't have the time or the resources or the budget to go through a setup by themselves, a monitoring setup by themselves. You just install the data and you're done. You just troubleshooting, you start troubleshooting immediately after. Now, as I mentioned there in the intro, you've raised over 30 million to date. What have you learned about fundraising throughout this journey? Oh, <laughs> yes, fundraising. So fundraising, especially, you know, I was not familiar initially, I was not familiar with the funding uh, arena, let's say, in the US. So it was my first time with Nedata. I would say that for me, it was relatively easy, mainly because the product, the project has a lot of traction. So even uh, several years ago, the numbers were amazing, the figures uh, that we can showcase to investors. So this made it quite easy for Nedata to, to attract funds. Now, I would say that the investors generally are very keen to invest. So they are trying to find the next unicorn. They are seeking, they are looking for it. Now, the most important thing is to have something robust to showcase, something uh, amazing to gain their, tr their trust. Eh? So I think that the data helped a lot in this mainly because all this community and all these figures and all these stars and all these downloads, you know, and all this kind of stuff made it very appealing for them. Of course, as the company matures, you are in a position where, you know, it gets tougher and tougher. So for Nedata, for example, initially we started working as a 100% remote working company. We are still a 100% remote working company. But I have to tell you that this, this is probably the toughest thing among everything else. So building the product is not that hard, but managing a company that is 100% remote is probably the toughest. The problem is that, you know, you have to think a bit, if you are in a company, you work in a company and let's assume that you are hired today and the company is 100% remote working. And so you are at home and you say, okay, let's start working. You understand that the company needs to have something in place to make sure that you are going to be productive at the end of the day. Because if you don't have this, if the company doesn't have this, then most likely you will be struggling. There will be a lot of noise or misunderstanding or things that you heard here and there that are not company decisions and they will be blocking your way and your productivity. So I think we learned this the hard way because the path for the data was tough and is still tough. 
I think the hardest problem to tackle is this remote working problem. Now, apart from that, I think that mainly because the market, the market is thirsty, so people need solutions. And we see this even among Fortune 500 companies. Eh? So we have a few of the biggest enterprises of this world that use the data. And uh, we see that even these companies struggle uh, with monitoring. So, and they need solutions, they need tools. So what I think is that, let's say that I was thinking this from the beginning. In the data, it's like we are racing against ourselves. We're not racing against someone else because the product is so unique. The ease of use and the automatic setup and the likes, all this kind of stuff are one aspect. There is another aspect of the product that is uh, distributed by nature. So um, all monitoring solutions traditionally centralize all data to one place. So you have databases, even the commercial providers do this. So they, they collect all the data and they centralize all the data and then they have to manage this huge pipeline. What the data does is that it allows the data to be distributed. So you install as many data agents as you need out there on all your servers. You can build as many centralization data centralization points as it is convenient for you. If you need centralization points, you may need centralization points because your servers are ephemeral or something. Eh? You have a Kubernetes setup and uh, nodes go up and down all the time. But if you don't need centralization points, you don't have to have. And then what we do is that when all of them connect together, they build a massive distributed database that is spread all over the, all over the infrastructure. Eh? So you may have thousands of database servers, let's say, that all of them become one instantly at the dashboard level. So we built everything required in order to have this distributed database functionality. And this allows people to be, you know, you think monitoring in completely different terms. The scalability issue is not there anymore. So you can scale to infinity and still you don't need to scale up the servers, buy bigger servers, you know, and the likes just for monitoring. You just add more as many as you want. So the same such innovations happened in many, many, many cases. For example, also in the data, we have anomaly detection to machine learning, okay? AI. In order to achieve this, for example, for anomaly detection, we had to rethink what machine learning can do for monitoring, how it can do it, and how we can achieve a situation where with zero configuration, zero learning, zero training, zero involvement from the engineers to have machine learning and anomaly detection that is useful. So what we do there, for example, unlike everyone, everyone else, we don't train models and then distribute machine learning models with the trainings that we have done. We don't do that. So what we do is that we train machine learning models on each server. So each server collects its own metrics and it trains its own models at the edge. So once you train these models, then you, it's easy for you to have anomaly detection at the edge. And then what we do is that we say, okay, you know, machine learning and anomaly detection for observability is noisy. So you have a lot of false positives. You know, it's not uh, that just because you have an anomaly somewhere, you have to wake up at 3 a.m. But what we did then is that we said, okay, when there is a problem with your infrastructure, so something is faulty, 
Not one metric, but really a lot are going to have anomalies. So this thing, the, the amount of metrics that go anomalous together is what triggers an alarm for us. So all the metrics have a little bit of anomalies here and there, but when metrics, all these anomalies get synchronized and a lot of metrics have a lot of anomalies together concurrently, then for sure we know that there is something bad happening in the infrastructure and you need to wake up eh, and fix it. So the idea is that we had to innovate in many, many, many different aspects, even on the visualization. How do you present this anomaly detection? This anomaly that we have for every metric now, how do you present it? So we have to, we had to innovate on the charts. We had to change how the charts are presented and how they can be used by users. The data is full of such innovations from the bottom up. So from the installation, the configuration, the data collection, the database itself, the design, the, the topology that you can build with the data, to the user interface, the charts, the dashboards, the alarms, etc. You know, at the same time, this, this is fun because you are trying to solve a problem that is somehow solved today, but you are trying to solve it in a way so that you will save time from people. You will make people a lot more productive. I think that this is what is more appealing about the solution. Amazing. Costa, we are up on time, so we're going to have to unfortunately wrap here. I have a lot more questions I want to ask you, but we'll have to save that for a part two sometime in the future. Before we wrap, if there's any founders that are listening in that want to follow along with your journey, where should they go? Of course, LinkedIn, um, uh, on X now, on uh, Reddit, of course. And of course, on GitHub, I work on, uh, I code even today, a lot of stuff. Uh, my, most of my time is coding still. Amazing. Costa, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much. All right, keep in touch. Bye. Take care. This episode of Category Visionaries is brought to you by Frontlines Media, Silicon Valley's leading podcast production studio. If you're a B2B founder looking for help launching and growing your own podcast, visit frontlines.io slash podcast. And for the latest episode, search for Category Visionaries on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. 